It's the Walking Well Podcast, and I am your host, Jalon Martz. So glad, so grateful that you're joining me today. It's Monday. It's been kind of crazy for me, y'all. I'm a teacher, and we're prepping for exams, so I've been trying to stay on schedule with getting you guys the podcast, even if it is on a Monday and not up by Sunday. You understand. Anyway... We are talking about self-care this month. And so last week, we really just talked about what is self-care? Why is it even important? What does it matter? Um, And we just really define self-care as the radical notion that we are supposed to be stewarding ourselves well. And it is radical, believe me. Talk to someone who just feels like they can't afford to take a break and you'll figure out that most of us really struggle with self-care. But that's what it is. And why is it important? It's important because Jesus, God, the scriptures leave us the example that it's important to prioritize resting. Working and productivity are both important and they're supposed to be engaged in in balance and in harmony with God's plan for our lives. And so we looked at some scriptures that talked about how um, God created, sat down. Jesus came, did everything his father told him to do also sat down. So we ourselves have also been commanded, instructed, and invited to regulate and steward our lives with appropriate care. You know, the scriptures talk about, beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Um, And so it's really important for us to engage, to invest in making sure that we are stewarding not only our physical bodies, but our mental, emotional, and spiritual selves well, because we have jobs and work to do. God has put us on the earth to get something accomplished. And so we've got to be our best selves to make sure that that happens. Um, why do we need to take care of ourselves? Uh, you can't pour from an empty cup. And so if you are called to something and you're empty, you have nothing to give to that calling tragedy upon tragedy. Um, So it's important that we're taking care of ourselves. And so we talked about physical self-care last week and how that can look like resting, like literally sleeping. It could look like making sure that you're drinking enough water, um, that you're getting enough exercise, that you're moving around like your body needs you to move. All of those things, all those are aspects of physical self-care, making sure that your body, your physical body, that you're eating right, your physical body is in a working shape to carry out the mission and the function of of what God has put you on the earth to do. And then from there, today, we are talking about mental and emotional self-care. Um, and mental and emotional care is very near and dear to my heart. I am just such a big believer and proponent of mental and emotional self-care. It's just one of those things that I'm like, yes, let's do it all day long. <laughs> um, so I'm really enjoying being able to sort of talk to you guys about the things that I've learned, the places that I'm still sort of struggling in to get better and sharper at, and and the things that we're all all aiming for ultimately. So I've got about three elements of mental and emotional self-care. And so those three are self-love, rest and recreation, and then allowing yourself to feel what you feel, giving yourself permission to feel what you feel. So let's start with self-love. Self-love is not a hippie notion. I just kind of want to put that out there. The scriptures say um, that the greatest commandment is to love others, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength, and to love others as yourself. And that kind of lets me know that the the sort of flow chart of how to love people is knowing is is knowing how to love yourself and then letting that flow out into your relationships with others. So if you don't know how to love yourself, you're probably not doing the best job at loving other people. Um, I I really think that we see that when people are kind of snippy and and nitpicky and condescending, it's probably because they're that way with themselves, right? Um, And self-love is really kind of 
I mean, one of the aspects of self-love is exploring how you feel about yourself. Um, and this takes a lot of self-awareness. This sometimes takes a good bit of, it takes practice really, because um, we move through our world so much and we don't understand that there's a ton of stuff going on internally that we're not really cognizant of, even though it's happening under the surface for us. Um, and so one of the things that we talk about in the counseling world is self-talk. And self-talk is just like the tape that's going on in your head that's, you know, telling you how, how it's it's really just laying out how you feel about yourself, what you did, how other people are seeing you, how they think about you. Why did that thing happen to me? Why am I not better at this? Who am I supposed to be? Why am I not that person? It's called self-talk. I mean, a lot of our self-talk is negative. And that self-talk, I would dare say as a believer that that's the accuser of the brethren just yapping, just yapping in our heads and in our ears and telling us who we're not, who we're supposed to be, why we're a failure, why nobody will like us, who do we think we are to be trying to do that thing and encourage people and all that kind of nastiness. It's the devil just, you know, running his mouth in our heads. Um, But a lot of times it's also a reflection of what you actually believe about yourself. Not necessarily that it originates with you, but that you agree with it. You know, you're like, yeah, man. Well, who do I think I am trying to do that? Why would people ever listen to me? Who's, I can't be a leader, God. What do you mean? Um, and ah, it's negative self-talk. And it really, it affects the way that we are in the world among other people. A lot of times if you feel like you're lacking confidence, it's because you don't believe you have anything to be confident about. Um, and the way that you combat negative self-talk is to get in the scriptures and find out what God says about you, who he says that you are, that you are a king and a priest, that you're a holy nation, that you are a peculiar people set apart to himself, that you are accepted in the beloved. Like get in your word and find out who God says that you are because when all that negative self-talk is rolling around in your head, you can interrupt it and be like, uh uh-huh, no joker. I am beloved of Jesus. <laughs> you know, he has chosen me. He has set me apart. He has called me by name. He knew me before this world even had any inkling of who I would be in the planet. You know, like he loves me. And that's how you combat negative self-talk. But before you can even combat it, you have to know what what you think about yourself. So having an awareness of that self-talk is very important. And like I said, be patient with yourself. Ask yourself questions. Become respectfully curious about yourself. Why do I think that? Where is that coming from? Who told me that? Ask yourself questions. Um, And be patient because sometimes the questions don't come immediately. You know, sometimes it takes a minute for all of that to sort of catch up and reveal itself and unveil itself. Um, so be, so be patient, but definitely start asking yourself questions. And the, the key thing here is only plant things in your heart that you'd be proud to see grow. Um, and so if you would not be proud of being doubtful, self doubt and having all of a bunch of insecurity or fear or negativity, you know, flowering out in your brain, don't plant it. Don't harbor it. Don't water it. Interrupt it and uproot it with the word of God. Um, it's a really cool positive activity that I, I've seen done in, in church circles as well as in like mental health circles. But to sort of get around, my family did it one time. We all sat around around New Year's and each person said something that they liked about the other person. And I recorded mine on my phone because I think it's so important to have, you know, people play that positive playback of how people see you because sometimes you don't you it's hard for you to see good in you in some instances especially when you're starting out on this self-love journey um but it's so it's so good to be reminded that it's there and that people see it and that they treasure that And, and it's just really powerful moments when you're feeling a little bit vulnerable and a little bit down you know so that's that's an aspect of self-love, exploring how you actually feel about yourself. From there, I would also kind of point out that self-kindness and compassion are huge aspects of um, of self-love. And these were difficult for me because you guys have heard me say, if you've listened to the podcast before, that I'm pretty type A. 
And being that way, I love getting things right. (laughs) Not that I love being right for self-righteous reasons. I just get a joy from being in the right. (laughs) Not like, and I don't mean that over somebody. I like to do the right thing. It makes me feel good. (laughs) Um, I'm not at peace when I'm doing the wrong thing. Or if I get something wrong, like tell me where, you know, what are you expecting? I want to hit those marks. Um, And so like making mistakes was very hard on me. Even if other people weren't hard on me, I was hard on me, you know, if there are things that like, I knew the Lord was trying to call me higher in and I just wasn't getting it on the time frame that I think I should get it. You know, I, it was, I would, I would be hard on myself. I wanted to be a perfectionist the first time I tried something and that's just not realistic. I would get frustrated with the process of building a skill and getting better. And that's having a lack of self-compassion. It's having a lack of graciousness with myself. Um, and a lot of us struggle with that. The way that we talk to ourselves reveals how kind we are to ourselves or how unkind we are to ourselves. And if you would not speak to somebody else that way, don't you dare speak to yourself that way. Um, Jesus, God holds you in high regard and you ought to hold yourself, have the same opinion of yourself. Um, you know, I think it's, it's a good place to sort of start and say, you know, am I more patient with others than I am with myself? Am I more gracious with others than I am with myself? You know, Another key indicator of kind of where you fall on this self-kindness, self-compassion continuum is, you know, do you harbor on your mistakes? Is it like for me, it was, I was, mistakes were hard on me. You know, um, I didn't have a quick recovery time. My spiritual dad talks about QRT and that it's, it's having a quick recovery time. And a lot of times we talk about QRT when it comes to our relationships and interactions with other people, but having QRT with yourself is important. If you mess up, if you miss the mark, if you fail, scrape your knee, God forgive forbid hurt somebody else's feelings you know how long do you dwell on that can you go all right I messed up I need to dust myself off get back up and walk in the righteousness that God has declared me in and you know you make it right with the parties that you need to make it right with but you're not living and dwelling in your mistake um you should be able to bounce back from mistakes and shortcomings and not dwell on them because you know that those are not the sum total or the purest or most accurate reflection of who you actually are. And when we don't know who we are and we don't appreciate who we are, sometimes QRT, quick recovery time when it comes to mistakes is difficult. But again, get in the scriptures and see who God says that you are and what God says that you are and how he, what he calls you. You know, a lot of times we have mean names for ourselves. (laughs) You're dumb. You're stupid. Oh my God, I'm so late. No. I am the righteousness of God. I am the goodness of the Lord. I am the Lord's inheritance. I am his good thing. You know, <laughs> like call yourself the same thing that God calls you. And you'll realize that when I make a mistake, it's not the worst. It's not the end of a thing. It's not the sum total of who I am. It's a thing that I did. It's not who I am. It's a verb and not a noun, you know? Um, and then I would say um, the next sort of tier of self-love is celebrating your victories and your wins, big and small. Um, a lot of times I think, you know, when you're like, I'm just going to grind it out and get it done. And you're a responsible personality. It's hard, not hard. You don't necessarily stop and think that you should celebrate your wins. Um, but you should. I remember my um, my first year of college, when I completed my first year of college, my parents, you know, took me out to eat and um, we got dessert. And they were like, oh, we're celebrating Jalon finishing college. And I was like, why? That's what I was going to do anyway. <laughs> I wasn't going to finish. Like, I, I don't, I'm not a quitter, y'all. Y'all are raising a quitter, you know? But it just kind of set this really cool precedent for me of like, wow, I should take stock of and acknowledge my wins. Um, 
Because I think if when we don't, we don't think we're making progress, we get discouraged and distracted because we're not taking stock of the wins and of the good. Um, you know, the scriptures talk about whatsoever things are lovely, just, pure, honest, worthy of praise. Think on these things, weigh them, take account of them. And, um, and that's really just a tool. I think it's a tool of refreshing. It's a tool of encouragement. It's a tool of, Hey, keep going. Um, because you've made this much progress so far. So if it's weight loss, if it's doing something that's intimidating or scary, if it's trying something new, if it's being authentically you and brave, um, celebrate that. If you complete something, commemorate that. Take time to, to stop and go, wow, look at this thing that I did that God and I accomplished. Um, because that's meaningful and it means something to your soul health to, to pause, reflect and, and really take stock and acknowledge of the, of the good that you're seeing in your life. Um, boundaries. Boundaries are another aspect of self-love. Let me tell y'all how I feel about boundaries. I feel very, very strongly. Um, boundaries are so, 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 so important to your sanity. Um, what are boundaries? All right. So boundaries are basically how you communicate verbally and non-verbally what the standard is for how people may treat, engage, and interact with you. Very simply. Um, I just believe in boundaries. <laughs> I believe in boundaries because um, when there are no boundaries, people will constantly and continually violate you. Your sense of dignity, your sense of worth, your sense of priority. You teach people how to treat you. Um, and so a lack of, of boundaries invites a lack of respect. Um, and I'm just not for disrespect at, at all. Um, but that comes from a, a proper love of self. That comes from, hey, I'm valuable. I appreciate my time, my effort, my emotions. And I'm not going to allow you to come in and violate that for me. My sense of peace. I'm not going to let anybody come in and violate that for me. Um, I actually had to learn boundaries pretty early on. Um, I dealt with a good bit, not a good bit. I dealt with a little bit of bullying and kind of manipulative personalities and friendships when I was younger. And it wasn't until I kind of understood relationship equity. I had a sense of, of worth and esteem for myself that I was kind of like breaks on you and that, cause that's not acceptable. You may not treat me that way. Um, I read the scripture and I think it's Proverbs 25, 28, 28, 25. Don't make me lie. So sorry. I don't have this for you. It just kind of bubbled up. Um, but it says a person without self-control is like a city that's without walls. And when I first read that, I was like, yeah, that's good. Keep people out, you know, but a city that has no walls is open to people coming in and pillaging and taking out as well as whatever rushing out of you just out into the open. And boundaries are not just for you or not just for others, but they're also for you. Um, Boundaries, kind of putting them in place to establish a standard is not necessarily synonymous with selfishness. It doesn't mean that you can't stretch or go the extra mile or be good to someone. That's not what boundaries mean. Um, it's simply just saying this is the standard that I maintain for how people can interact with me, how people how people will engage me, how people will um find me in this life. I don't know, not find you, but how people can interact with you and have exchanges with you. So um, let's see. What are some of my boundaries? Um, I don't like with students. I'm a teacher with my students. Um, one of my boundaries is that you don't talk when I'm talking because it's disrespectful. So, um, oftentimes I'll say, Ooh, if I'm speaking, you are not, <laughs> you know, and that's a boundary for them. They understand it. It's not okay in this relationship with me, this teacher student relationship to speak while I'm speaking. And then they, they govern themselves accordingly. Um, when people are acting crazy in your life, it's typically because you don't have good boundaries. I mean, sometimes people are just going to be crazy anyway, but if everybody's acting crazy with you, it's probably 
sorry to say, it's, it might be you. <laughs> it might be you and having bad boundaries, having poor boundaries. Um, uh, with guys, I do not in any capacity tolerate men that don't listen to no. And I don't even mean in big stuff. I mean, hey, I'm not interested. Well, let me, let me, mm, 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 mm. Nah, you just disrespected me. I told you no. And you took that as an invitation to dominate and try to convince. And I'm not about that because you that's an okay pattern of interaction for you pushing past people's nose. And that's a problem for me. You're not going to do that in my life. So we're not. That's not okay. Um, and like relationships with my peers and things, I don't do manipulation. I don't do control power tactics. I don't do power moves. Um, I don't like when people try to dominate me. When people are domineering, I'm kind of a strong personality anyway. And so I think some of that is personality, but I have no tolerance for manipulation. Um, sometimes manipulation doesn't look like trying to twist somebody's arm into doing things. Sometimes manipulation is trying to make um, someone else's priorities yours. So they're having a crisis because they didn't plan and they're going to push off the, the pressure and the urgency of their crisis because they failed to plan on you. That's called manipulation. I don't do it. <laughs> I, I don't. Um, someone tries to make, you know, their feelings my fault. Oh, that's not, those are, those are not my things. Boundaries are simply saying, you know, you have your pile of things, your pile of choices and feelings and emotions, and I have mine. That doesn't mean I get to be rude and disrespectful. That just may mean that, you know, if you come to me and say, what you said hurt my feelings, you need to stop saying that. You're like, oh, okay, you know, I'll, I'll try to do that. If you get ridiculous, it's like, maybe we just don't need to be friends. You know, maybe you're asking me to stop saying something that's not mean. You just want me to do what you want me to do and dance to your tune. That's manipulation. That's control. That's domineering. That's not, I got a boundary against that. Everybody should be free to be who they are in the confines of loving each other well. Yeah. So boundaries are simply saying, hey, that's your stuff. This is my stuff. Um, and let's each be responsible for our own stuff. People's choices are not your stuff. Other people's choices, that's not your stuff. Um, other people's consequences, also not your stuff. Can you be kind? Of course. Can you be good? Of course. But you are responsible for the things that God has put you in charge of. And if he releases you to get involved in certain things that are not your things, that's fine. But also know, you know, um, not that there's a limit, but to be wise in those interactions and to do what God has called you to do. Do all these things in step with the Lord. Um, hmm, people pleasing. That's typically a sign of bad boundaries. Um, inappropriate divulging of like really personal information when you don't have equity and investment with a person. That's bad boundaries. You know, you're standing in line at Chick-fil-A and somebody tells you about their trauma. You know, it's like, wow, this feels really inappropriate. You don't know me. <laughs> that's bad boundaries. Um, what's another example of bad boundaries? Um, letting people come in your life and cause havoc, bad boundaries, um, continually over and over again. Um, so boundaries are just, they're for your safety. Again, there's, it's not about selfishness. It's about, this is the standard of respect that I maintain. And I ask that everybody in my life abide by this standard. It's not anything crazy, like treat me like a princess, but I have a sense of worth and I need you to interact with me along that sense of worth. You're not disrespectful. You're not rude. You're not inconsiderate. You know, you just, we're people. You honor me as I honor you. Um, You'll find that you're more likely and more prone to people pleasing, honestly, when you don't have a healthy, loving and respectable, respectful relationship with yourself. Um, there's just a sense of self-love and self-worth that I have that is like, 
you know, disrespect is not okay. It's not tolerated. I don't disrespect myself. I don't expect anybody else to. I I aim to not disrespect others. And so if I have that standard for how I treat other people, I also invoke that standard for how people should treat me because I'm God's child and I respect myself enough to know, like, there is a standard for how you should treat me. Anyway, um, some resources for that. Boundaries is a book, actually, this is a book titled Boundaries by Dr. Cloud and Dr. Townsend phenomenal book. I think I've given it away like twice now. I don't think I struggle with boundaries. (laughs) So um, I think the Lord has to teach me sometimes to be more gracious. Um, I don't really struggle with boundaries, but um, I've given that book to two two people. So it's a good one to check out. And then understandingtv.com is like this hub that my spiritual dad and mom have of messages and sermons that they've taught. And they're just super practical teachers in general, like real life stuff. And so um, my spiritual dad did a sermon called "Proper Love: The Proper Love of Self, which establishes a really good um, parameter for what self-love looks like. You know, we talk self-love versus selfishness. So that those are two really good resources to check out um, that are really helpful and kind of giving you some some legs to start this whole self-love journey or continue on it and hone it. All right, so next element of mental and emotional self-care. Okay, rest and recreation. So rest has been one that I have slightly struggled with just a little bit um, because I value productivity so, so much. God has had to really teach me how to rest. Um, And resting can simply mean when you're tired, you unplug, um, that you take a nap, that you get away, you pause, you take a break, you retreat, you do something to sort of pull pull back and get poured back into um you absolutely have to have to have to respect your body and mind's need to rest rest is not optional and this is something as a human being who has a pretty full schedule i have to be better about rest really needs to be scheduled in in sort of non-negotiable non-negotiable blocks of time um we like i said have the model from god to jesus to um, the scripture is beyond about resting, about the, we have the Sabbath, you know, God just emphasized our need to rest. Um, and you got to find, you've got to find your way to rest. Sometimes it's closing yourself off. Like I said, sometimes it's silence. My goodness. Hallelujah. <laughs> sometimes it's sleeping, you know? So resting is, is sort of like a non-negotiable, really important aspect of, um, of self-care, mental and emotional, as well as physical. Um, fatigue in your body, in your mind, uh, will literally birth sickness and eat away at your ability to do what you're called to do on the daily. Um, I, I definitely have known people that have gone so hard and ignored their bodies, cry for rest, that they get sick. They physically get ill and can't anymore. <laughs> you know, just can't keep going at their pace. And it's their body saying, we're trying to speak to you on the executive level. We are trying to talk to you at the brain, you're ignoring us and pushing us off. We are going to go around the back door and unplug. That's what we're going to do, you know? And just before it gets to that point, you know, and before your body itself breaks down, just pause and rest. It's hard, but it's necessary. You just have to. You have to respect your body and your mind's need to rest. Um, one of the scriptures that I think about when I think about sort of rest in general is Ecclesiastes 10.10. 10. And... Um, Ecclesiastes 10.10 in the New Living Translation says, using a dull axe requires great strength, so sharpen the blade. That's the value of wisdom. It helps you succeed. In the message version, version, it reads, remember, the duller the axe, the harder the work. Use your head. The more brains, less muscle. 
the less muscle. And that just speaks to this element, this idea that like, hey, if you are swinging with the dull axe at life because you refuse to pause, rest, and get away, you're going to be working harder. You know, it talked about pouring from an empty cup. Not a good idea. Just generally not a good idea. You'll have nothing at some point. And that's where we get to the place of burnout and you lash out and you're getting angry at people and you're snippy and you just don't understand and you're emotional and you're angry. Like all of that is because you're not resting or, and you probably have poor boundaries possibly, but rest, you know, sharpen the the dull axe. Another way that you can sharpen a dull axe is recreation. Recreation is literally doing the things that fill you. This is where like self-exploration is really, really helpful Um, or self-discovery, I should say. Think about the things that make you feel refreshed when you walk away from them. Think about the things that make you feel alive, that just make you buzz with energy, Um, not caffeine or energy drinks, but literally just activities that fill you or inactivities that fill you. If it's going to the spa, if it's going for a walk, if it's walking on the beach, if it's um, a bubble bath, if it's laughing, if it's your favorite movie or painting or drawing, whatever it is, you know, it, it make more time for that, to do more of that in your life. Um, there are times when I'm like, I need to go hang out with my friends and laugh. Like I just, I, I can just sort of feel that I need some laughter. I need some joy. I need some unwinding in that way. Um, and that's what, that's what we'll do. Like, hey, let's get together. Let's go out to eat. And, uh, you know, we'll just enjoy each other's company. Um, like sometimes it's silent. Sometimes it's like, I need to get away. <laughs> it's too much noise, too many things going on. Let me just sit in my car. My sister's always, my sisters and my parents are kind of like, when you pull up to the house, why do you sit in the car on your phone? And for me, sometimes it's just like an unplug. Like my day has been zit, 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 zit. It's been going. And this is just my brainless activity moment before I get in the house and move on to another task. Um, Sometimes I feel refreshed after just <laughs> floating around on social media. Other times it's like, wow, I just blew a bunch of time. So you got to flow with the Holy Spirit in, you know, those those times of recreation and when you're, you know, blowing stuff off. Because sometimes it's like a defense mechanism. It's avoidance. I don't want to do the next thing. So I'm going to just scroll on Facebook. Find the thing that, that refreshes you and engage in that and do more of that in your life. Because it's it really does sharpen you. Um, I'm a writer. So I love um, poetry. I love fiction. Um, I'm getting into nonfiction a little bit more and those things refresh me. They sharpen the writer in me. I I do have to make more time to do those, to read those books and to engage in that. Um, you know, recreation is also non-negotiable just like rest is. Um, I I have this phrase where I feel like, um, or say like creatives need to protect their peace. Um, because that out of the overflow of your piece is really where you create from. If you're kind of frazzled and stretched too thin, it's hard for you to create anything, um, beautiful because you're just so frayed. Um, and that really goes for, I think we're all creatives in some way. Um, whether you create systems or you create order or you create art, you're a creative and you really do need to protect your piece and make sure you're refilling so that you can pour out of an overflow. Um, and that's something that we talked about a little bit last week. Um, Oh, recently, my example of this, recently I just started like kind of committing to getting my nails done. And that was kind of like this, it had a very emotional kind of thing for me. It was interesting. I felt just like, I don't know, it just did something for me emotionally. I'm not one that spends a lot of money on like external kind of like hair, nails, makeup, eyes. Yeah, I'm not really, that's just not who I am. Um, But I just was kind of like, I'm an adult. I want my hands to look like an adult's hands. And um it was just weird how it was like an emotional, like, wow, I feel a little full from just getting my nails done. I don't know why. Anyway, 
Um, and then the last aspect of mental and emotional self-care as we kind of wrap this thing up is um, the permission to feel what you feel. And this one was actually also kind of difficult for me um, because I wanted to be strong and tough. You know, I'm strong and tough. Nothing phases me. It took me a really long time to be okay with crying. And by really long time, I mean like my 20s. Um, and it was it was hard for me because I felt like crying was like a sign of weakness. But in in telling myself not to cry, I was like, you're fine. You're fine. Move past it. You're good. You're good. You're good. And that's stuffing. Don't stuff, y'all. Do not stuff. It's the worst. <laughs> Don't do it. Um, it's like stuffing a bunch, a bunch of rocks in your pocket and um, you, you think you, you're, you're telling yourself to numb, you're numbing yourself. You're like, I don't feel, I don't feel, I don't feel. And eventually you might get to a place where you don't feel, which is depression, which is depression. Or you might find yourself in a place where you feel everything, which is anxiety. Um, or you might get a, a mixture of both depression and anxiety, which is just not fun. Um, so don't stuff instead of stuffing. I really encourage you guys to process. And when I say process, I mean process with the Lord. And if you need to find a good solid psychotherapist or therapist to process with, um, but what do I mean when I say process? So acknowledge what's there saying, you know, God, this is how or what I'm feeling and describe the feeling, um, describe the, 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 what, what is it that you're feeling? Um, for my 22nd birthday, it was not a good, <laughs> emotionally, I was just not in a good place. Um, and it was like a really cryy, I feel like alone and forgotten kind of birthday. Um, and I just told God that I was like, I don't feel like nobody cares, you know, <laughs> in my ugly cry kind of way. And, um, and it was just like acknowledging that. I think I'd gone around a couple of days trying not to feel that way. And then it was like, all right, let's just deal with this. Let's put it out there. This is how I feel. And then step two, process that feeling with God, you know, uh, a lot of times when I, and I'm sitting alone with the Lord and I'm just like, oh my God, I just, I feel this way. Sometimes he'll show me, you know, why the root of it, why I'm feeling what I'm feeling. Um, other times he'll offer wisdom on what I need to do next. You know, James 1 talks about if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all men liberally and upbraideth not. He doesn't like get all upset with you for trying to ask him how to do things right. Um, and other times he might just comfort you, you know, um, the Holy Spirit has given us to us to be our comforter and our advocate, our standby. Um, and that's like John 14, 26. Um, and that birthday, that was one of those, he just comforted me. God really didn't say anything to me about why I shouldn't feel that way. He didn't kind of tell me, you know, this is the root of it. You know, he just was like, like just there. And that's the best way that I can describe it. He was just there and let me cry. <laughs> it was a rough one. Um, but I value that. Like, you know, it just, that meant everything in that moment. And right now it just means, it means everything. Um, still does. Um, so from that point, from step two, step three is that you are responsible for finding a holy, um, and appropriate outlet and expression for your emotions. You do not get to go spurt your feelings raw and unedited on people. That's not fair. It's not responsible. It's not kind. Truth and love always need to ride together. Truth needs to be motivated by love. And if it's motivated by anything else, you probably need to sit on it for a little bit longer until the Lord can really work out, you know, out of your heart, anything that's not like him. Um, but just find, you're, find, you're trying to find an appropriate avenue, appropriate, appropriate venue for you to kind of process and express that emotion. A lot of times uh, it does not need to be a conversation with another person telling them how messed up they are for what they did. Um, sometimes it's that. Um, but again, truth and love got to ride together. Um, other times you can kind of like, so there's, there are small things like little fences 
that you can just take, you know, and that's, and I'm saying that from me and the Lord having a talk this morning, you know, it was, they that love your law are not easily offended. It's a a wise and prudent person overlooks opportunity for offense. So there are small things that you can just swallow and be like, I'm gonna be the bigger person. I'm gonna sow the advantage. I'm gonna sow good into their lives. I'm gonna sow peace. I'm gonna pray for them. And that's how you can deal with that kind of stuff. There are other things that maybe you do need to have a conversation around, follow the Lord's wisdom and get godly counsel on that and how to have those conversations. Um, And then sometimes it's just, hey, you need to journal about it. Just write it out. That can be in your appropriate expression. Some people, they're like, I need to, I need to physically exert this energy. I need to run. I need to go work out. Do you, boo-boo. Um, sometimes you might just need to close yourself off for a few minutes. Find a pillow and scream into it. If you like kickboxing, go hit something, go punch something. I recently saw, um, this guy started this thing called Rage Room where like people rent a room where they can go break and hit stuff. And it's like how they get their frustration, their anger out, which I'm like, that's probably very therapeutic. Um, but if you can't find a Rage Room anywhere near you, (laughs) you know, you just find appropriate ways to express that emotion because you are responsible for boundaries. Remember things that get out are also your boundaries are also in place for the things that get out of you self-control so finding appropriate avenues for what you are feeling is important but you definitely have permission to feel what you feel um so those are the that's that's mental and emotional self-care i just wanted to give you guys those tidbits you know to to help you and sort of emphasize that stewarding our mental and emotional health is vital you know we have to invest in self-love um we have to master resting and recreating and we absolutely need to freely give ourselves the permission to feel what is there these are just basic benchmarks for um for a healthy soul and so um like i said i love talking about these things this is like skillful living to me like i help i love helping people kind of master where they live and and know that man you can have victory in the in the mundane and the tangible kind of daily day-to-day stuff um so be sure to look over those verses that I mentioned again. I think John 14, 26 and Ecclesiastes 10, 10. We talked about the scripture um, about loving others as you love yourselves. Um, and then the resources, definitely check out um, Boundaries by Dr. Cloud and Dr. Townsend. Go to Understanding TV. There are tons of phenomenal messages on there, but the proper love of self is the uh, one that I mentioned today. And then there's a really great book about resting and just getting in rhythm with God. And it's called Rhythms of Grace by Carrie Weems. K-E-R-R-I. Weems is W-E-E-M-S. I'll try to remember to put those in the show notes for you guys. Um, and it's I haven't even finished that book, but the first chapter and a half have totally kind of wreck the way that I do rest and how I think of God's priorities in my life as it relates to rest and getting in alignment with with his goals and his pace. Um, be sure to check those out. Also, here's a little tidbit. If you're curious about just places to start or you want some cool ideas for self-care, I have a Pinterest board. Pinterest is like this virtual idea board online. Uh, it's really great. It's a great, it's a great place for like virtual hoarders. So if you have a bunch of ideas and you don't want to have like pictures all over your walls or something, Pinterest has these little pens. You can create boards where you pin these virtual ideas to the board. It's really great. They have an app. It's totally one of the ways that I spend downtime and recreate sometimes. <laughs> but I have a Pinterest board um, called self-care. So you can search me, Jalon Martz, on Pinterest. And there's some really good ideas about mental, emotional, physical, even some spiritual self-care and just some good places to start for. Um, if you're starting a self-care journey, if you're wanting to tighten up and add some things to your repertoire, it's a really good, really good um it's a really good place to start. I've got some good ideas there. I think they're good ideas. I pin them anyway. Um, so there's that. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, so we're probably going to skip uh, Christmas Monday just because I want you guys to be present with your families. Enjoy them. I'd like to be present with my family. Enjoy them. So um, we'll talk next week about spiritual self-care and then we'll skip Christmas week. I'll see you guys in 20. Or I'll talk to you guys in 2018 as we start a new topic. So um, the week of Christmas, we are not going to have a podcast episode, but we'll be back 2018. Better, brighter than ever. Um, so that's a thing, but we'll definitely discuss spiritual self-care next week. So that's all I got for you guys. Be sure to review the podcast if you haven't. If you have, thank you so much. I totally appreciate you guys. I've seen the little ratings come in. It's just made my heart happy and I'm glad that you're enjoying it. You know, um, you guys can always connect with me on social media, discuss some, or to DM me on social media and, you know, let me know if there's some topics that you'd love for us to discuss and to talk about things that you'd love to address. Um, and I definitely would try to work those in. Because this is our podcast, right? Um, and so be sure to review it. Review the podcast. Share it if you love it. Subscribe if you haven't. Because, you know, you want to get a notification when it's up and running. And you can listen to it. So I love you guys. Make it a great week. Boss it out. Bye. Bye.